0: and good evening everybody welcome to wait a minute wait a welcome to uh mantar what are hey, you doing here are you doing mantar's, mantar's memoirs Pleasure to meet what's you. happening folks yes yeah.
1: ladies and gentlemen we are at mantar's memoirs and um i am your co-host mantar and my special guest tonight uh the pharaoh special welcome to the pharaoh you know oh, it's goodness. good to see him uh yeah. I've been in cotton, you. You know, for a while, but I'm glad you finally made an appearance.
0: Yeah, and I recognized you without the. Uh, yeah, without the
1: uh, I, How did I do that? Dress, right? I don't know.
0: I must have done some research or something. Well, but you right. know, I
1: am a pretty good looking guy, so it's hard to uh, forget well, a face. You like know, this. someone's
0: right. got to be around here. I mean, geez, look at me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, former WWE superstar, Mantar. Mantar, tell us a little bit about your show for those of folks who haven't seen it yet.
1: Yeah, you know, um trying to do a sports talk show slash um, kind of life, wrestling history. Um, just talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about. It's my show, so, you know, we can kind of go off on, you know, whatever avenue we want to drive down that day and um, see how it works out, you know. Just here to, you know, get to know the fans, let the fans get to know me and um, kind of uh, get to know some of the behind the scenes and the real life of a, uh, ex-professional wrestler
0: so how is it being retired all these years later is it uh, is it hard do you miss pro wrestling
1: um, yeah I actually do um, you know I miss entertaining the people uh, mostly um, that was you know that's why you you do it I think it's why you're in the job is to entertain the people and so if you're gonna do it to entertain the people then it's obviously about the people and, um, so you do a lot of things to your body that you wouldn't normally do, but, again, you're doing it for the fans and doing it for the people, and, um, you have to have a passion to be a pro wrestler, and, um, I had a lot of passion, took it very seriously, I was, uh, was a great amateur wrestler, um, so, um, I took a lot of pride in amateur wrestling, and, of course, I took a lot of pride in professional wrestling, you know, but, uh, You know, I'm enjoying the retired life, you know, living my best life right now. Just been on vacation for the last two weeks. Uh, me and my uh, family and, uh, Mrs. Dunkin' Donuts. We um,
0: Mrs. Dunkin' Donuts. Yes,
1: she's um, on okay. her to Augusta. She's driving with the puppies. Very good. So, um, we've been Jerry Lawless
0: puppies? No, no. Oh, no, no, never mind. Mauer's That's a different puppies. kind of puppies. I'm sorry. <laughs> I stand corrected.
1: Two Westie puppies. They're about four months old. Oh, okay. Very so, nice. um, yeah. How's your body holding up? The you know, after
0: after uh, a long career
1: well you know i got a plate in my back i got a plate in my neck Mm. i've had surgery on both elbows you know Mm. both knees Mm. um you know my back is the biggest problem but it is what it is you know um again that's it's not ballet and it's why you do the job right yep so you got to expect you know things like that to happen of course and um it's uh you know i, I really enjoyed it I had a r- really long career and you know pretty successful and obviously you know, uh, what has it been uh, 28 years 30 years later people are still talking about mantar
0: must have done you know, something right so I must have done something you must right, have you done something so how, how have you found the adjustment to doing a show now
1: you know I'm, I'm, I'm loving it you know I mean um, it gives me another way to entertain the fans. And, um, you know, if I can put a smile on their face or make somebody laugh, you know, then I I feel successful. You know, that's what it's all about is making the fans say, oh, shit, I can't believe he just said that. Or Mm. what the fuck just came out of his mouth, you know, Mm. or, you know, just anything, you know, just start laughing, you know, over some funny shit, you know. So, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's about entertaining the fans. and, And it also gives them a chance to get to know me and my life. And... Kind of what goes on behind the scenes and in real life you know what I mean so um, it's been quite enjoyable and you know I can I can talk for days and days and days and not tell you the same story twice um, so that's a good thing you know I've had a lot of life experiences and I've uh, been to a lot of crazy places and did a lot of crazy things and um, I'm still here to talk about it thank was God, you was the business
0: as crazy back in those days as we've heard I mean after all you were around for a lot of notoriously wild uh, characters in that locker room.
1: Yeah, it was pretty It was pretty crazy back in the day,
0: you know. Um, were, you, were you able to avoid a lot of the things that unfortunately have taken the lives of some of these guys, whether it was too much uh, roids or too much drugs or too much booze or too much uh, cocaine yeah, or whatever you know, it was I mean, these, these guys thought that they could do? I've
1: been lucky, Pharaoh. I'm, I'm, I've always been just a pot smoker, right?
0: Excellent. Bob Marley and, uh, approves. Yeah, very good. Right. Exactly okay. right. And that's so fine. I got
1: my medical card, so I'm, oh, very, I'm nice. Good. very nice. Very yeah, nice. So, I have um, one, um, too, but it's
0: not for yeah. weed. Oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, let's not get into that one. But, uh, okay, so uh, that's, that must help, I would assume. That helps with whatever joint pain you got. Yeah, you know,
1: because I really don't like to take them opioids, man. I don't like no. how they make you feel mm-hmm. and shit. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, so I'd rather smoke a joint and try to take the pain away, you know. Right. Kind of try to relax. A
0: little bit. Understood. And, Understood. Um, you know, just, I do it for uh, mental pain. I, I I keep trying to take more, but it doesn't seem to be working, you know. And yeah, well, you uh, know, some people has that effect. Yeah, it is. I got a question for you. If someone came to you, because I'm assuming you're not you're not doing any more bumping, that, that crap is long gone. Pretty much, yeah. Right. If someone came to you, you know, holding an independent card somewhere and offered you a shot at like perhaps managing. Or speaking for the for someone, would you be interested in something like that?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, okay.
0: um, I might even
1: put on the trunks again, but I would never take a bump. I got you. Right? Wait a minute. What would you do then? Just wear well, the trunks? I'd go out there and fucking smash somebody like oh, I used okay. to. Okay. Okay. You know, so you like could just good, smash. Just like no one smashed days. me. Okay. And nobody fucking smashed <laughs> no me. And <laughs> <laughs> <Ain't> nobody ever <laughs> smashed me. <laughs> ever anyway. smashed me. No, that's, that's true. Ramone. Yeah. That fucking oh. prick
0: tried to smash me, and I fucking yeah. got into it with him in the ring, and then back in the locker room. While we're at that, why don't you? Uh, Have you already? If you've already told that story, then then we'll skip that. But but you want to elaborate a little bit on just how wrong Razor Ramon was towards you? Yeah, he
1: just you know called the spot and took a cheap shot and tried to open hand slap me and knock me the fuck out and um, Mm. I just shook it off and you know charged him and fucking give him the forklift and put him in the corner. Started fucking punching him and Vince gets on the microphone to the referee's ear and says, "Tell them two fuckers that." Knock that shit off. there on national TV. Right. Save that shit for the back. So the referee came over and said, Vince said, you know, you guys better get back to fucking work and save that shit for the back. Yeah, what are, <laughs> uh, the yeah man, <laughs> what are you doing? That's not man. What are you guys kinda, doing? Kinda, we're kind of having a go at each other right here, right? Because he knows I'm fucking... I'm like, you motherfucker, man. Take a cheap shot like that. Any
0: problems with Nash or Sean considering those were the boys he ran with or...
1: Um, well, just after that after incident happened, I knew that my days were numbered, right? Because Razor was part of the fucking clique. Of and, course. You know, if somebody in the clique don't want you around, then you're not going to be around. Yeah. Um, I don't care who you are, what you're doing, um, you're, you're, you're gone. And, um, so that was kind of the case. And, uh, but it is what it is. You know, they brought me back two more times to do two different gimmicks. And, um, so they must've seen something in me, you right. know, some kind of potential or money making material. So, I mean, um. I'll take my chances and, and, you know, did the best I could with them, and, um, I mean, you're only good as the person you're working with anyway, Um, but if the office doesn't really give you a shot um, to show your abilities, then you're never really going to make it very far in the business, right? They're kind of holding you back because, you know, if they say, okay, you're going to go out there and do this, um, but we don't want you to you know, do too much of this or shine too much, then then you're just going to go out there and you can't really expand on your character because they got you fucking handcuffed, right? Right. And um, so, I mean, there's a lot of ways that the office holds holds you back. And, you know, you can try and take your shots and, you know, take your little spots and try
0: and get your shit in, you know what I mean? Um, Do you regret being cornered with the Mantar gimmick? I know that that's not an easy um, question, but it's an honest question.
1: Yeah, you know, I was kind of hoping that Vince would,
0: kind of used my gangster character that I was fresh off with doing over in
1: Europe for so many years. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I developed that character and changed it a few different times and finally came up with a really nice gangster gimmick character
0: for that. And And you uh, worked on it for how long?
1: Oh probably over the course
0: of 10 years. Why would they why wouldn't they take that? It's what you're coming in ready-made
1: I don't know, you know, I was at that time I was you know, 375 pounds and I was a fucking killer Yeah, and wearing a gangster suit and you know coming out wearing amateur wrestling fucking tights and just eating up people fucking suplexing them all over the fucking place, right and um But they put this fucking half-man, half-beast bullshit on me. So, you know, I tried to... What was your reaction when they did that? I'm going to tell you something, Farrell. It's not easy making chicken salad out of chicken shit. But you did. I I I did. But what was your
0: reaction when they pulled that out? Were you like... Oy, what do you like mean, gonna or, okay, I'm going to embrace this, and, and they'll talk about me 30 listen, years from well, now. You, listen, you had you
1: had no choice but to embrace it, right? I right, mean, You're right. going to say, fuck it, I'm not doing it? Well, then you're not going to have a yeah, job. Then you're not
0: working for Vince. Then you're not, then you're not working for Vince. goes the dream home. job. Yeah, so I got you know, you. you're going to do
1: what he fucking tells you to do. And, I got um, you. You know, try to, like I said, try to make chicken salad on chicken shit. So I'm glad that, you know, almost 30 years later, people are mm. still talking about me. You know, whether yep. it's yep. whether it's the belly-to-belly suplexes they remembered, whether it's the Mantar shuffle, whether it's just the fucking Mantar bullhead, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's the fucking horns in my head with the paint. Um, I don't really care. You know, I'm just happy that they remember me. And, and from the um, response that I've been getting, because I just recently opened up a all my social media accounts, so I, you know, got an Instagram and a fucking, tw- uh, uh, TikTok, and, uh, TikTok. you know, oh I opened up my Facebook,
0: and, right. so, you know, I'm starting to get out there, and, um, have you found the response, like, you know, surprisingly overwhelming, or, or, you know, so far, so good, I mean, what's well, it still, I mean once for you me, get into the internet world, now you got everybody,
1: yeah, I mean, you know, for me, it's, um,
0: you know, you get the messages
1: every now and then that says, hey, Mantar, man, I remember back in the day, I used to watch you on TV and I was going through a real fucking tough time and um, and uh, the way you just kept fighting, man, really made me want to fight and or whatever the case is, man. say, you know, what your actions or your words changed my life. And even if it's just a fan that I signed an autograph for. Right. You know, a guy wrote me a letter about three months ago. He said, hey, Mantar, he said, and he sent me this picture. And it was me, and it was obviously this kid when he was, like, 10, you know, and he's, <laughs> like, 40 now, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it's like, gotta wow, feel good, man. What, yeah, it's got to feel, feel great. great man. has got to. And um, said, so glad to know you're still alive and, you know, you're doing well and, um, you know, wish you the best. So, I mean, that's, those are great messages, man. Those are great messages, and it just makes you feel like that. You know,
0: you've done something right. Well, you did. Mantar's favorite all time match. <sighs> <sighs> um. Drum roll. The trouble's
1: done. Yeah, I've had to say my favorite. That's a tough question, man. I know. You know I mean, well, I'm hey, wrestling. you're sitting with the Farrow. What'd you expect? Uh, yeah, well, you know, forget I've, about uh, it. Wrong show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you already know what Monty and the Farrow does. Yeah, there ain't no softballs. Here, curveball, kid. curveball, yeah, city, curveball, right? spitball. Yeah, right. You know, but uh, it sink a whole couple of feet. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, I mean, I've wrestled a lot of big names and a lot of different. Well, guys. there must be
0: one or two that I would to have nine.
1: to. I would have to say. Um,
0: Bret Hart in Moline, Illinois. Wow, Bret Hart. How did that go? You guys that are was, complete polar opposites. I Have... was
1: I was we had a fucking great match and um, I remember I bought my brought my best friend from high school with me. I asked him, I said, Jerry, I said, I'm wrestling up in Moline, Illinois tonight. I said, You wanna go with me? He says, Hell yeah, I'm going, Tar. So we jumped in the car. We drove up to Mooney from Nebraska, about eight hour drive. Okay. And um, we, I told him, I said, just come with me. Just, you know, keep your eyes open and your mouth shut. Don't fucking say nothing to nobody unless they say something to you. hmm And um, so you know, we got to the building, and I found out I was wrestling Brett. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that, was, that is. What the fuck? So he yeah, yeah. was like, Brett wants to talk to you back in this conference room here in about half an hour. I was like, all right, Get a load man, of I'll, Brett I'll, I'll Pre-match there.
0: conversation. Yeah. Like, wow. All
1: right, I'll be there, so. Very nice. Um, I went and found my buddy, and he was like, all right, who are you wrestling tonight, Slim? And I was like, you're not going to believe it. he says, tell me. I said, Brett Hart." He said, are you fucking kidding wow. me? Was what like, was the no. conversation
0: like when he talked to you before the match?
1: Yeah, yeah. we just, he was just like, man, Tari he said, I've heard a lot of things about you. And he says, I heard your... You know, pretty snug, some might even call it stiff.
0: Okay. Okay. Says, but, so um, that's why he wanted to he talk says, to you. <laughs> he says, but I'm, I'm old
1: school, and he says, I right. want this shit to look good. And I says, yeah, that's my whole purpose of, you know, right. working snug. I says, you know, if you fucking close on me, I want you to close on me, you know. Right. I said, if you punch me, you know, punch me. You're not going to fucking kill me. Right. You know, I mean, this is wrestling. This is not ballet. Easy to work with, Bret Hart? He was super easy to work with, and, um, after the match, he was like, Mike, he says, I don't know what everybody's complaining about. Right. He said, that was one of, the, one of the best matches I had. He said, that was a lot of fun.
0: When he says everybody's complaining about, can you assume that that came from the clique?
1: Oh, most fucking definitely, man. There's you know, a lot of fucking prima donnas back then, you know, and, you know, Aldo Montoya, he was like, um.
0: Aldo Montoya.
1: He was like one of the shirt tail, the coattails mm. of the clique, right? Mm. wrote the coattails of the clique. Sure. And, I remember I wrestled him in a loop down in Texas, man, Corpus Christi, and I just beat the fucking piss out of him, like, four nights in a row. How do you feel
0: about Shawn Michaels' conversion?
1: Conversion to what?
0: He's a man of the cross now. Any uh, thoughts on all of that? Because Shawn Michaels in the past was not exact. He was more like uh, probably the guys in Motley Crue than he was, uh, you know, the guys in... uh in uh, Sunday church. so he went
1: from he's, yeah. a,
0: he's a preacher basically so, minus minus the official tag he's very much a very uh, born-again kind of guy any thoughts on that after what you saw during your day or
1: so he's went from um, Vincent Pat Patterson
0: oh here we go I know I it.
1: before history is written
0: the
1: it's played Tinelli, before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift
0: at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next?
1: will last forever. The Stanley Cup final on ABC and ESPN plus
0: begins Saturday.
1: Bulller's boy toy to a fucking preacher now. The is that Brooklyn
0: brawl at too? Oh yeah. Oh, the story I heard anyway. Oh, that's awful. Really? Yeah, well, Was know. it in Brooklyn? Um no, I don't think so. <laughs> I have no idea. All right. I
1: don't, I don't think it fucking matters where yeah, it was. At, right?
0: Yeah, you're right. I guess it really <laughs> doesn't. It's, the, it's basically the point it of it really all. Matter where hey, it's tums at. anybody? Wow, that's rough. Yeah, man, that's rough. Got any Maalox. other uh, got any other good stories for the uh, folks at home from that you could uh, share? That oh, you man. maybe you haven't shared yet on your show or
1: Man, this is a lot of fucking too many stories, man. Too many it's hard stories. To, it's hard to pick. One. How about
0: when you know you, I mean? you went over to Europe, right?
1: Yeah, I was over in Europe. That was that was a great time. You know, um, I got to wrestle the promoter Otto Vance.
0: Oh my God! Um,
1: a Couple times
0: and um, former world for champion the, of for, for uh, the, AWA, BL, right? Yeah. And
1: um, you have to understand if you're wrestling Otto in his hometown. Yeah. These fucking fans want to kill you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well. I because mean, over in Germany. They really thought that it was a fight, right?
0: And he they, was the Bruno Sammartino of his country, right? Pretty much was. Yeah, I mean, he, he yeah. you're going to be the guy that's... He bought the... that
1: championship from Vern in the AWA, and he went took it back to fucking Europe, and boom, he became an instant millionaire. You say he right? bought it? Oh yeah, he bought it. I think he paid like fifty or a hundred thousand dollars. Get out! Big Otto Von's paid Vergania for the to be the heavyweight champion.
0: Right for six months or. A right, year. yeah, because it, it, um, it looked great on Otto the resume. and
1: then Vern said, "Okay, fuck, took the fucking scooped up the cash, and um, Otto took that fucking belt back to Europe, and boom, the God was born." Right, I mean, this mm. guy was
0: of Germany. Yeah,
1: he was, you know. Pharaoh status, for God's sakes, over there. Wow, right? he's big time. Yeah, huge.
0: Dude, you gotta yeah, like that. Huge. How different was it wrestling? Euro- it was, you know, the European style compared to what we do in you America. You know, I loved
1: it because it was more realistic, right? It was less fucking high spots. It was more wrestling and, you know, more telling a story. You had to tell a story on a nightly basis because you might have been wrestling the same people um, in the same town for 76 straight nights okay right and some of these same fucking people are there for 76 straight nights they don't miss a night at 25 bucks a ticket
0: right right yeah i got you, you. Know?
1: Yeah. and they're there every fucking night and um it was incredible man i mean you know from the only bad nights we had were uh tuesday and wednesday mm-hmm. thursday through monday the fucking place was sold out
0: was it television tapings the Tuesdays and um, Wednesdays or
1: no 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 it was just uh how does
0: it work over there did they have a weekly show
1: Nope. They wow. Just, they just wrestle, come to your town, and they wrestle every single night.
0: For, wow. You know, so they
1: might be in one town for three days, might be in one town for 17 days, might be in one town for 38 days. Interesting. Might be like we were in Vienna, Austria for 76 straight days. We were in Hanover, Germany for 72 straight days. Okay. We were in Seaboden, Austria, up in the mountains, up in the Alps for three days, you know. And um, so we were a lot of different places for sometimes shorter period of time, just depending on how long the tournament was or, or how big wrestling was in that town. So Vienna's a huge place, a huge city. So they ran there 76 straight nights, right? Wow. And we were also okay. in an outdoor arena that held probably 5,000 people.
0: So, how much of a shock then was it when you start working for Vince McMahon? Vince McMahon doesn't stay in a town for 76 days, he goes to 76 different places in 76 yeah, days. Yeah, you're right. What about was that, that like? You know, I mean, did you have to get that used was, to that? Or? Yeah,
1: absolutely, man. That was an adjustment. You know, I mean, I was used to living basically out of a suitcase anyway. Right. Even though you're somebody, like of a wrestler, seventy-six of days. Yeah. you know, you yeah. still gotta, you know, do your own fucking laundry, and you gotta figure out how you're gonna eat for the. How'd you
0: clean that mask you anyway? <laughs> yeah, did was- you? Were you even able to? Um, I would think that that would get a tad bit uncomfortable after a while without it, some sort of rinsing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I just tried not to sweat. I try not to sweat. Yeah. You're a wrestler. How would yeah, you avoid well, that? Hour extra dry. I mean, the thing was, you had to wear it on the way
1: to the ring and not on the way back. Right. 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 So it was kind of wow. before I got all worked up. But yeah, man. I mean, wrestling in Europe was was a fucking blast. Um, it was actually probably the best time I've ever had in my entire life. Um, life over in Europe was just great, living out of a camper, and um, staying up till three, four o'clock in the morning, barbecuing, and and you know drinking beer all night. You know, um, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. Is it
0: the life of a rock star or no?
1: Over in Europe, it was, man. Nice. You know, we would we would go to these towns, and and restaurant owners would invite the wrestlers. To a meal right. after the wrestling show was over. Mm-hmm. So you'd go to the restaurant at ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night, and they would serve you a fucking five course meal for free. All they asked was just tell your fucking fans where you're going. Right. Right. They want you to bring them 50 or 100 people fucking with you. you remember
0: when Flair used to announce on Georgia Championship Wrestling where they were going afterwards? Yeah. You know what yeah. kind of turnouts he used yeah, to get? Right. You yeah. know? Makes I mean, sense. And,
1: and, you know, save a lot of money sure you you save a lot of money and you you eat well too certain restaurateurs would only invite maybe you and myself right or they would invite you know just three or four guys but sometimes and most of the times they would invite the whole fucking crew right and you know we would go there and we would eat and drink for nothing nothing or or uh pay a fiver you know five bucks you know right fucking eat nice fucking steak and Chips and, you know, when I say chips, I mean like fried potatoes. Um, sure. You know, fried potatoes with some onions and shit, you know, some vegetables. and.
0: I'm hungry. Uh, stop Stop naming the oh, foods. Man. I just was curious as to whether you ate or not. I don't want to hear all the ingredients. I'm starving. Yeah, you know, well, it's a good thing hey. ate
1: right before I came here, uh, Yeah, you know, I drove eight hours from Booth Bay, Maine uh, to get here today. Um, you so, like the new york food dude i, I love the new york food not i bad. love the fucking studio man oh, thank you it's, it's great to thank you know me. see everything here and uh yeah to be a part of it you know it feels like i'm in the wwe again you know real, ah. real
0: professional fucking shit going on just like man. tuesday night titans or something yeah right? Right? where's you lord know, alfred right? hayes oh, <laughs> I, don't I don't think he's showing up <clears throat>
1: but yeah man you know i mean it's been a been a great career and i'm just happy to and I'm still here today to be able, be able to talk to you, and I'm still alive and breathing. Thank God. You know, um, like I said, I'm trying to live my best life. I've been on vacation for the last two weeks. Uh, we went up to uh, Niagara Falls for three or four days, and then we went up to uh coast of Maine, up in Booth Bay, Maine, up in the, uh, uh, what do they call it, little harbors. They got little harbors all over up there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of small mountains in Maine.
0: You yeah. You know? I never would have guessed it. There's a lot of lobsters, too.
1: Oh, a whole shit ton. I ate a few of them. I would
0: hope you did. That's the place to have them, from what I I understand. I
1: had a a few lobster rolls. I think you probably had four or five lobster rolls in ten days. I think I had one every other day.
0: Uh, You currently reside in... Florida. I would assume that that weather has got to be good for your bones. Florida weather is
1: yeah, you know, my dad, you know, has been saying he said, Now oh, we can't wait to get back to Florida. I said, right. Why is that? He said, Man, he said, Being up here in this fifty degree weather, he said my fucking shoulder had been hurt. I can he said I, I can't can wait see to that. get back to that heat, right? Yeah. And, you know, I yeah. noticed the same thing with my knees and my, my lower back, right? Just in my neck's a little stiffer, you know. Right. Um so yeah, I'm anxious to get back, drive a man. little more
0: aggressively. Yeah, well but that's New I, York. You know, you so, know? Listen, <laughs> I'll tell you a fucking driving
1: story today, so um, My dad said, he said, yeah, he says, we drove eight hours and only got stopped once. (laughs) So I was up in fucking Massachusetts about, I don't know, half hour because we had to take a ferry from Connecticut to here, right? That's where the GPS fucking took us. Right. So um, um, on the way, about 35 minutes before the fucking ferry, I'm on the fucking highway and I'm driving. I came over this hill, man. I'm doing like 90, right? Oh, hey, what are you doing? And uh, the fucking cop fucking pulls me over. I just Gee, I wonder a, why. So I just. I just uh, hold on, the best part. 90? Is, the best part is, what are you doing? I was just. Ha- I just lit a joint. Uh, like 10 he's doing previous 90. Previous. And what are you. T- I just, Tommy I just, Chong? What are you I just, doing? I just lit a joint. I can't. I just lit a joint like 10 minutes before, and I was halfway through it. So as soon as I came over the hill and I seen the cop pull on the interstate, (laughs) I just chucked the fucking joint out the window, and I rolled the fucking windows down. Right. So this little fucking cop comes up, man. He was super cool, a little buff dude, right? Little buff and, uh, dude. yeah, little dago right. man, you know, okay, a uh, little right. Vinny bag of donuts, right? I gotcha. And uh, a wise guy, and came up because he really thought <laughs> it, he was a wise guy, right? Little motherfucker, oh, all fucking steroided out, shit. You right. Know? He was like five foot ten. Would you threaten to eighty or something 10, maybe like maybe that? A buck, I mean, fuck ninety. You know, he just blow. <laughs> if you took a pin, he would fucking blow away. <laughs> Great. And this guy was all blown up. All right, so you know. he's
0: instantly probably intimidated. So right. he comes up, he says, okay. "License
1: registration, sir." So I give him the license registration and. Um, and he's like, how you doing today, sir? I was like, man, I'm doing great. He says, where are you coming from? And I said, Booth Bay, Maine. He says, what are you doing up there? He says, well, we've been on vacation. And um, he says, oh, he says, uh, where are you from? I says, Florida. He says, is that where you're going? I says, yeah. He says, man, that's a lot of traveling, huh? And I says, yeah, you know, I says, I was a pro wrestler for 30 years. I said, so I'm used to this traveling. I said, I love traveling. Mm-hmm. And... Um, he said, "Oh, really, pro wrestler, huh?" I said, "Yeah." He says, uh, what, "WWE." I said, "Yeah, WWF." He says, "Oh, okay, old school." I said, "Yeah." So um, I asked him. I said, "So, what's the problem, officer? What'd you pull me over for?" Okay. And he never answered me. Okay. He just never. He never answered. He just. I mean, he just fucking just act like he just never fucking heard me say it to him, right?
0: Okay. And
1: um, totally changed the subject and asked me some questions. He said, "I'll be right back." So he's gone for like 15, 20 minutes, right? For right. For a long fucking time. I don't like that, but okay. And um, he was gone for a long time, man. I'm thinking, man, he said I was doing 89 and a 65. I said, yeah. that's 24 miles over the speed limit. I yeah. said, if he would just make it a ticket for 15 miles and over, I would eat it, right? I was okay, it is right. what it is. Can't change it. And don't really give a shit anyway, just a fucking speeding ticket. Right. And, um... So he comes back and he was like, here's your, here's your license. So the whole conversation was when he was looking at my license and on the state of Florida, on the driver's license, it says safe driver underneath. Oh, he says safe driver. Huh? And I said, yeah. And, um, I says, Is "That what it says, he says, that's what it says. I says, well, then I must be a safe driver. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> uh
0: it's what it says a, right must here. Be a, must be okay. a safe driver. So, right. um,
1: we, uh, I was like, well, I says, that's why I don't think, I, you know, I was doing 89, I said, because all this travel, and I says, I've learned that in order not to mess with you guys and having you waste your time on me and me wasting your time getting stopped by you, I says, I got a rule that's a 10 mile an hour rule. I said, the speed limit is 65, I'm only going 75, maybe 76 if I'm lucky. Right. I says, but I don't, I don't push it. I said, I don't, I don't, you know, have no time for this stuff in. And, um, he was like, well, um, I said, plus, anyway, it says, it says I'm a safe driver. And he says, you know what? He says, in fact, it does. It does say you're a safe driver. Did you get away with this or what? So he comes back to the car. You better have gotten gotten away with this. He gives me the shit. And he was like, um, is there anything else besides marijuana in this car? Hey.
0: Yeah, bagels. You want one?
1: I said, no, officer. I said, that's it. I said, I just got a few joints in a glove box. Okay. I said, but I do have my medical marijuana card. Okay. He says, you have a medical marijuana card? You're a safe
0: driver. I was like, card. of course I do. So I said,
1: here you He said, can I have it, please? I said, sure. Here you go, officer.
0: Right. He looks
1: at it. He says, oh, very interesting. He says... Okay, uh Mr. Halleck, he says, I'm gonna give you a warning today. Uh
0: okay. have a nice day and that's you know, fantastic. Be safe. Good. I was like, excuse me. He's just figured he'd keep <laughs> you around for <laughs> half an like, hour. I mean me? I excuse me, I mean, well, I was yeah.
1: trying to fucking almost start fucking choking, right? right? I was like, because I couldn't believe I mean that was the best case scenario, of course. Of course. That he's gonna fucking let me go. So best you do? case scenario So right? what'd you
0: do after you left him? Did you didn't go ninety again, did you?
1: No, I went 91.
0: You are unbelievable. We can't take <laughs> you anywhere. Why don't you tell the folks what they can look forward to in the future with uh, Mantor's memoirs?
1: You know what? Um, look for a lot of excitement. Look for a lot of true stories. And just a lot of great times, a lot of honesty, a lot of passion, a lot of charisma. You know, um, I love what I do. And I'm here for you fans, of course, again and still. And I probably will till I go six feet under. Um, because you are the reason why I do what I do, and to continue to do what I do. And, um, I just hope that, um, you get a laugh, you know, or I can help you with the problem. You know, uh, all I can say is, man, we all, we all go through problems in life, and that's just a part of life. But it's how you respond to them problems is the main thing. And, um... Just don't ever give up, you know. Just keep fucking plugging along, you know, because life is brutal for everybody. Life is not perfect, you know. Fucking, you might drive home from work and you might have a fucking flat tire, or, or you might wake up and you're overdrawing your fucking bank account, or, or you
0: wake up and someone stole your catalytic converter. There you go. I mean, I mean, right? uh, I mean, like no, fucking, I mean, come on, from really,
1: uh, fucking my catalytic converter. Yeah, man. But you know what? Things are the point is, man, just don't give up. yeah exactly they sure are man they're not fucking cheap that's why they're stealing them yeah right and so uh you know just keep plugging along man don't ever give up and um you know the motto at mantar's memoirs is you only die once but you live every day nice and um you know i try to live my life by that and uh you know i been to Alaska already this year. I just spent two weeks up in Maine and New York. Um, I'm living in Florida. Got a great family, you know, nice, nice girlfriend.
0: The show's no, called couldn't Man- Mantar's Memoirs. Does this mean eventually we'll have a book?
1: Um, yes, actually, we are in the process of starting to write a book. Nice. Um, the Mighty mantar documentary is now finished, okay, um so we have um we're shopping for
0: uh distributors right now. How long did that take to film? Um, we
1: filmed it over the course of probably the last three or four years nice um so um, can I ask think... who was
0: involved or was it a you know was it a fan that took interest or was it a company? well um, or... you no, know,
1: it was a, a friend of mine that I became friends with in Omaha Nebraska. He was a movie maker, okay. produced a lot of movies and shit and you know small budget films you know little indie films right but good good guy and i was in a few of his films and you know just a few times that we hung out and would sit down and bullshit, man. He just loved my stories because I'd never tell the same story twice, right? And it was always something interesting and intriguing. And he was like, he's like, you're one of the greatest storytellers that I've ever heard, he says, because, you know, you're so passionate about what you're talking about. I said, listen, I said, that's my real life. I have nothing but to be passionate about it because that shit really fucking happened, right? I mean, no matter how far-fetched it may seem or how fucking crazy or off the wall it is, that shit really fucking happened. And uh, I'm here to tell you, and so, um, yeah, man. I mean, so the mighty Ma- the mighty Mantar documentary is is finished. Looking for distributors right now. Hopefully, it'll be out maybe by the end of the summer. Um, I don't know. It's just a rumor, but I heard that uh, Tubi was interested. Okay. Um. So hope uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, I mean, you just never know. And uh, but yeah. So hopefully, I'm gonna have the uh, documentary coming out and and the uh, book at the end of the summer um i have a uh, new wrestling figure that's going to be out at the end of the summer right. sometime in july There we go um you know i'm doing the podcast you know i'm sitting here with you true and um just a lot of great shit's happening man so i can't complain you know god's really blessed me and um i'm just just happy to be here to spend this you know a little bit of time with you and um share my life and some stories with the fans out there you know that's That's what's important, and um, I'm having a fucking blast.
0: (laughs) How about, would you change anything if you could have in the past? Would you change anything, whether it was the decision to become a wrestler, whether it was the decision to accept Mantar, whatever it was, would you have changed anything? (sighs) Sorry. (sighs) Nobody said it was easy sitting next to me.
1: Oh man, no wonder why fucking Monty fucking suggested I have you on the show tonight. <laughs> well, he was tired of me stuffing his. I'll ass. give you a Monty, highest yeah. payday. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Something easy, right? I don't know. I don't know if that's nah. easy. Some guys don't want to answer that question. They're like, I study your business.
1: No, I would, I would say, I would answer that would be WrestleMania when I was in the uh, lumberjack match.
0: I think, What'd was, you get
1: for that? I think it was Lex Luger and somebody stand outside the
0: ring? To stand outside the ring. Six grand. Six grand to stand? Yeah. I could do that.
1: Put my paint stand. on and stand there for twenty minutes and,
0: Yeah. I'm not much you know. of a lumberjack though, but No, uh, but fuck it, it was fun, man. <laughs> it must you know? have been.
1: Yeah, you're out there with fucking twenty of your fucking friends. And, Which
0: WrestleMania was this for um been?
1: Ninety-five,
0: maybe ninety-six. Five, ninety-six. So where does that put us? Like maybe eleven or twelve, something or, like that. What ten? I'm yeah. not sure. Excellent. So WrestleMania was that? The, was that the pinnacle? Was that the dream? Even though you're just standing outside, was it like, oh hey, I made WrestleMania. That's good enough for me. Because quite honestly, that'd be good enough for any but any sane person trying to get into this business. Listen, it was
1: it was a pretty you know great accomplishment. Um, I think anybody that dreams of being a professional wrestler, yep. it's dreams a of being in WrestleMania, right? Yep. And it doesn't matter how you get there, as long as you fucking yeah, get there. Yeah, as long man. as you get there. Absolutely. You know, and yeah, I would have loved to be there two, three, four, ten, twelve, fifteen 10, 12, 15 times. There you go. Um, but once is enough for me, man. You know, I mean, I'm just a small town kid from, Omaha, um, Nebraska and, um, just a great amateur and, um. You know, Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man, opened the door for me. He got me in touch with Vince, and and the rest was history. You know, Million so dollar
0: man. The door
1: got just opened up a fucking sliver, and I blasted through that bitch. Right? How
0: much did your amateur career help you being a pro wrestler? A lot. A lot. You know, I used a lot of amateur moves um, in the ring.
1: You know, I used to suplex guys every which way but loose. You know, I'd suplex in 20 different fucking ways. And, um... So it was it was very important, you know, and and yeah, I mean, I might have wrestled a little snug, as some people might say, uh, a little stiff maybe. But one thing's for sure is my shit was realistic. You know, I always would tell him, you know, lay that shit in, man. You know, you missed me by a fucking foot with the fucking punch, and I'm taking your fucking head off. I ain't there you selling go. that shit. There
0: you go. So
1: you know, take care of your
0: fucking self while you're taking care of me. Well, Mantle, you have had a great career. You've obviously had a great life. You're being blessed to this very day. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you for coming to uh, Monty and the Pharaoh's studio. Yeah, man. Thanks for you know?
1: thanks for having me, guys. You know, and, and again, you know, I want to thank you for you know, putting my podcast on your Monty and the Pharaoh platform. You know, on all these different platforms that you guys are on, but I'm on the Monty and the Pharaoh channel, and uh, I want to thank you guys very much for me on that channel and, and giving me uh, my own platform so to speak um, to share my life and share my stories with and I couldn't be more grateful for that man because without you guys I wouldn't be here right now.
0: Well, you're very and, welcome. And so I really well
1: appreciate that very much man. Absolutely. And, uh, thanks for having me and uh, yeah, on that it. note everybody uh, Mantar's Memoirs uh, we have a motto here and the motto is you only die once but you live. Every day.
0: Ooh! Later. Peace out.